is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! Hey everybody, it's Pastor Adam here. It is the Wednesday after Christmas. I hope you all had a excellent Christmas day. You got to spend time with family, friends, and, and I just hope you, have a ble- you had a blessed holiday. Unfortunately, I have to do something. Something that hasn't happened in a good while, but did end up happening on Christmas Eve. It is another entry into the bloopers reel. So, here we go. Lord Jesus. So here's the deal. I had a pretty, pretty good uh, run throughout the whole Christmas Eve service until the very last song when this happened. Everyone, please stand. Joy to the world, the Lord is. I'm in the wrong key. There's the right key. You'd have been like, that sounds weird. Joy to the world. So, I started the song in the wrong key. Now, I could have just continued in that key. I'd have been able to transpose that in my head. I'm I'm a step down. Um, But the question was, would the band follow suit? Would they have known which key I'm in? Maybe. Maybe not. So what did I do? After running through this in my head, thinking, all right, if I continue... Are they going to come in on the F when I'm clearly in D flat? Probably not. It's probably going to be a train wreck. So let me just take it on the chin, say I started in the wrong key, address it, start over. So that's what I did. So that happened. But other than that, we had a pretty good service. So as I said, I hope you had a good Christmas. So now let's get to the Devo for the day. No more fun and games, anything like that. But here's the thing. I can't even say this is going to be a devotional. It's more like a cry for help. Um, I And here's how this all started out. And, and I'm not saying that there's like some emergency that has to happen, like something that's happened in my family. No, this is for the world. And it's just something that has been growing that, concerns me and should concern you too because you'll see so anyways the other day i was listening to the joe rogan podcast and he had a guy on there he had a guest on talking about the mining of cobalt in the congo i can't remember the guy's name i was gonna look it up put it in here but i forgot but he was on last week's joe rogan experience anyways cobalt is a mineral that is uh it's used for rechargeable batteries and I believe they said that about 75% of that cobalt comes from 
this place in the Congo. And the whole purpose of the podcast was to shed light on this horrible labor situation that's going on there with these mines. Like, there's kids working in the mines. There's no safety precautions. Uh, they're handling toxic materials, and they're only getting about a dollar or two a day. The people are being taken advantage, and and how heartbreaking that situation is. And, and as he was in this podcast, he was talking about how um, if you go to the mines, so for instance, the, the companies that use all the cobalt, for phones and, and rechargeable batteries and electric cars and all that. Um, they they ask the mines, and you're not using human labor to do this, right? And like, no. But they know. And so he said, if you go to the mines, you'll see hundreds of thousands of people working with just like rudimentary tools, and they're using their hands and digging and, and handling the stuff that's very toxic to us, right? And... And just the, the like the the labor situation is terrible and it's heartbreaking and and how could this possibly happen right and like i said all of our cell phones and electric cars that they're building all that they all rely on cobalt and the demand for that is through the roof and they the guy said that of the hundred thousands of people working there they do that because if they don't work the mine they starve because they're getting only a dollar or two a day. And so it was this whole thing he's going through. So now listening to this podcast, I started thinking of a number of things. And, and here they are. Number one was, if there are a couple hundred thousand people allowing themselves to work for a dollar or two a day in order to survive and not starve, then I asked myself, what would they be doing if there was no mines to work at? And I'm not saying that the mines are good. I'm just wondering, I'm, these are the thoughts I have, like what would they do if there'd be no mines? I don't know, I don't have the answer, but that's what I was thinking. Second, I was thinking how long until the cobalt runs out? Because if it's 75% comes from this one little area in the Congo, I can't imagine there's tons. But I don't know, I don't know all that. But the most important question that I have to ask is this, is it worth it? Is it worth it? This thing that we have called a smart, you know, a cell phone, smartphone with the rechargeable battery, this thing has been adopted into our lives, into our children's lives. Because from the way I look at it, we have allowed evil to become a mainstay in our culture. So think of it like this. The cobalt mining is evil to, to even get the materials to make the rechargeable batteries and all that stuff. The manufacturing of the phones is evil. We know in China there's tons of child labor uh, factories where the people live at the factories and they only get to go home certain like uh, for certain times of the year for holidays and all that. There's actually suicide nets around the factories to keep people from jumping to their death because it's miserable. Um, the disposing, after we're done with the cell phones, the electronics, the disposing of it are evil because what are we going to do with it? They say that they're going to recycle some of it, but you can't, it's it's just a buildup of more trash and things. So that's part of the evil. And everything in between is pretty evil. Now, I want to, first of all, say I'm not going to say I don't use a cell phone. We're, we're recording this podcast on my cell phone right now. Um... I'm not going to say my kids don't use it. Uh, my oldest has a cell phone. My my youngest, who's 14, doesn't. 
Um, but she does have a tablet that she uses, uh, which is, you know, same type of thing. Um, I'm not going to say there's not amazing things we can do with the, the cell phones. And I love the way I can record video. I can make podcasts. I can edit it. I can add effects in. I can share it with the world. I love the way that we have GPS so I can get wherever I want to. I love the way that I can get have access to information that I need. And, and, and I love that there's Bible apps and there's, there's so many things that I love about it. But for the most part, if we're looking at the world, what are cell phones used for primarily? Well, I have the top five. Number one is texting. Number two is social media. Number three is web browsing, but the majority of web browsing is actually porn. There's a huge percentage that is that. Number four for the camera, video aspects. Number five is for a babysitter because so many people just hand the phone, a tablet to their kids, and they're going to be happy because that they don't have to deal with it anymore. So that's the, that's the babysitter. Now, back in the day, people used TV for a babysitter. Plop them down in front of the TV, let them veg out. That happened. I'm not saying like, But I'm just saying what the cell phone is used for primarily. But we do know that there are problems inherently that come with the cell phone since it's come aboard. Now, I, I believe the cell phone and, and the technology was that people came up with to do this came from a good place. They wanted to give us something that would allow us to have this information in our hands, to be able to stay in touch with people, to do all sorts of good things. But what we didn't know back then was the ramifications that it has now. So here's what we know are the problems that come with cell phone. Number one, harmful radiation. The radiation in which the mobile phones actually they, they lead to major health issues like infertility, the risk of stroke, brain tumor issues with eyesight, etc. Now, there's been a lot of doctors and research that have highlighted this and, and gone on the news and TV shows and to try to create awareness. But guess what? We conveniently ignore that. That's the biggest thing we ignore. We're like, ah, whatever. It's not, we're not going to get a brain tumor. I don't know. But I'm just saying there are radiate there is radiation that comes from it. We could be years from now in big trouble because of it we've been warned but we don't care because it's worth it to have that little shiny thing in our hands number two here's a big one it leads to addiction one of the major negative points of using mobile phone is also the addiction that it creates especially in this era of smartphones um, the addition of social network sites and games and shopping apps um, youtube it gets worse by the day and that addiction is magnified in teens and teen, teens and smartphones have become so inseparable that we might as well have conjoined twins because it's a part of their life and as and as parents we have to we have an instinct to know that it's not good even without studies that are coming out on the subject including one that says smartphones that the smartphone addiction changes the actual brain and these these changes start with a dopamine pathways we know that neurotransmitter dopamine plays a role each time we get a like or we receive a glowing comment or hear a ding of a new notification a little hit of dopamine reinforces that positive feeling and some apps are even specifically designed to take advantage of how our brain responds to that dopamine in order to keep us coming back and, and smartphone addiction shares 
similarities with other behavioral actions, addictions, like uh, compulsive gambling, gambling. And that's a powerful motivator for kids to get that dopamine hit. And it can be a huge challenge to overcome when we try to take our kids out of that. And again, I'm not casting judgment because I am part of this. I, I understand. I've, I'm a part of it. I've let my kids have cell phone, tablets, all that stuff. And I know what happens when we take it away. And But I'm doing more research in it. And here's some terrifying side effects of, of the smartphones. The biggest one, mental health problems. Now, there was a study from 2017 from a scientist, Ben Gurion, um, at Ben Gurion, or there's a scientist at Ben Gurion University in Israel founding, and he found that those who engage in heavy use of smartphones shows change in their understanding of people in social situations, so social cognition. They have impaired attention issues and a reduce reduction of the activity and the right peripheral cortex. So in other words, heavy smartphone use smartphone uses causes changes in the brain. And then there's a new study by Dr. Sayo um, at the Radiologi Radiological Society of North America that shows a picture of just how much the smartphone impacts each teen, teen, teen's life. The response shows that the smartphone affected a teen's interactions with other people face-to-face, -face, how productive the teens were in their daily lives, and how long they slept, and how these teenagers felt in general, like their emotional health. So what are these mental health problems? Number one is loneliness. And it's the, the craziest thing because social media is supposed to connect us, but the results are the opposite. There's studies that suggest that communication via smartphone is definitely not a substitute for real face-to-face -face interactions with other human beings. Re researchers have found that the increased phone time correlates with increased feelings of loneliness, and loneliness in itself is a risk factor for many other psychological and physical problems, such as depression. Loneliness and depression can go hand-in-hand, -hand, so it's unsurprising that researchers have found a significant connection between smartphone addiction and depression. And don't tell me that it is a coincidence that the number of people with depression has gone up since the invention of the smartphones and social media and all that. It's, they, they, they're trending up at the same time. Another thing is stress and anxiety. While many smartphone notifications are positive and you get that dopamine hit, um, others are less enjoyable. A work email from an angry client, a dissatisfied boss, passive-aggressive text, uh, mis misconstruing the, the text as something that it is not. Um, these are all things that go into it. They're, or, or maybe you're doing something and you see a terrible headline, you know, doom and gloom headline, something terrible is going to happen, and, you're, and that's delivered to us instantly at any time, day or night. So like dopamine, they have an influence on our brains, triggering our primitive fight-or-flight reaction releasing stress hormones, and keeping us near constant state of high alert. That's not good for anybody. It's no wonder that high smartphone use is linked to increased stress, depression, anxiety. Now, this Dr. Sayo and his team found that teens addicted to smartphones tended to have much higher scores in terms of depression, severe insomnia, 
impulsive behavior, and anxiety. Another thing that the smartphones do, they impaired focus. Um, an unending buzzing and dinging and, and the urge to check your, your phone. These interruptions, no matter how short, have a negative effect on your ability to focus on important or complex tasks. In other words, the things that really matter that holds true for both our productivity at work and at home, poor work performance and decreased productivity at home cause you to feel more stress and a lower self-esteem. Another thing that I touched on a little earlier, sleep disruption. There's a lot of insomnia going on. We know for a long time that looking at our screens before bedtime is not a good way to go to sleep. It's less than helpful. The blue light on our smartphones give off actual, it, that, that, that blue light inhibits melatonin, the hormone that regulates our sleep, our wake cycle. Additionally, reading exciting news from a friend or an upsetting post on Facebook increases our alertness, making sleep more difficult. Inadequate sleep can lead to a wide range of mental and physical problems. Vicious circle from weight gain and weakened immune system to mood swings, anxiety, and depression. See that? Anxiety and depression keeps popping up in every one of these things. How about this one? Here's another one. Self-absorption. When we spend so much time snapping and perfecting selfies and coming up with clever posts and videos and presenting polished versions of ourselves, it's unsurprising that research has shown that correlation between smartphone addiction and narcissism. In fact, excessive smartphone use seems to encourage narcissistic behavior. Even in people who are not classed as narcissists, the, the focus on self can turn it to make it even more difficult to build healthy relationships in real life away from the smartphone. So those are all like mental health issues that we have, that we have allowed into our lives, that we have given, handed off to our children. Here's another thing, road accidents. A pedestrian is killed every two hours and injured every seven minutes somewhere in the U.S. due to distracted driving. So that's could be texting and driving, looking at something, finding your song on your smartphone, all kinds of things like that, distracted driving. And statistics like that are why more than 3,000 Americans die every year from distracted drivers. But unofficially, that number could be closer to 20,000. Descri described as an epidemic, this public health issue needs to be addressed. And here's the thing. Like I said, unofficially, the number could be 20,000 people that are, are killed every year due to distracted driving. Nobody tells the truth. Yeah, I was on my phone. I was looking at this. No, because they know they shouldn't be doing it. And so the truth is never going to be out there. So we know 3,000 every year die, but it could be up to 20,000. That's a big problem. And when I drive down the road, I see people on their phones every day. I have my phone on a magnet thing to have GPS or whatever like that. When I get texts, I very rarely even look at them until I stop. Or maybe at a stoplight, I can see if it's something that I need to address, call or whatever. But... So many people out there, as soon as they hear something, they do, they're constantly on it, even when they're driving. It's super dangerous. Lastly, I think it's lastly. No, definitely not lastly. Um, connecting to the virtual world and, and isolation. With the increase of the number of hours on mobile and mobile devices and, and individuals actually disconnecting with the real world and the people around them. A child watches a video on YouTube at the dinner table rather than talking to the parents or about what happened during the day. 
Um, this gives us insight into negative effects on social relationships caused by mobile phones and excessive advancement of technology. So if you're constantly using your mobile phone to surf the internet, it affects the brain's frontal lobe, like we said earlier, and the brainstem functions, resulting in decreased ability to speak, reason, and comprehend social cues. Now, I haven't met anybody who has a hard time speaking because they've been on their cell phone, but the the comprehending social cues is big. I see that a lot in the youth because they're not used to people. Now, we also came out of a pandemic, pandemic where we were isolated for many months, but I see this all is coming together and making making it happen. Then there's also overall physical health problems. There's a thing called text neck syndrome, and that refers to a pre- repetitive stress injury to the neck caused by having your head in a forward position extended for a long period of time. That means you're just sitting down looking at your phone, your tablet, or whatever like that. Um, the forward bending position affects the curvature of the cervical spine, the neck and shoulder muscles, and supporting ligaments. And that causes headaches and and your muscles to hurt and makes your neck hurt. And I know that my youngest daughter complains about her head and neck hurting all the time and having headaches. Yeah, it's because you're looking at your tablet all day long doing things. She doesn't want to hear that, though. None of the kids want to hear that. So I'm going over all these stats the doom and gloom, what's going on when we when we let our kids utilize social media all the time, when we use it, when we're on our phones, when we rely on the phones for everything. So what do we do? I don't know. I really don't. I, I've seen the reaction to my daughter when her phone is taken away. And I see the addiction that it has, like, that has a hold of her. And how do you walk that back? How do you remove them from the world in which we live in that has adopted this smartphone as a basic need? I see the devil has found a way into our lives. And I was just talking to my friend Jim, and he said the devil deceive us, deceives us like he tried to deceive Jesus in the wilderness. Because in Matthew 4, 1 through 4, he said, when Jesus, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the devil tried to tempt him to fill a basic need. Food. Nothing more than a couple loaves of bread. He didn't try to get him to do anything more than that in that instant. He said, this is what your basic need is. If you're something kind of, you could do this. Just do it. Why, why wouldn't you just do it? Because you can. Well, God, Jesus said no, that he, he's not going to do that because he said he can't live on bread alone, but the word that comes from the mouth of God. These phones are a way that the devil has entered our lives in a basic need because don't tell me the world doesn't find smartphones and tablets is a basic need now because they do it is integrated into our lives at the core everybody has a phone everybody almost everybody is on social media i know that there's a there's some people holding out and that's fine that's good for you i know that there's people that don't rely on it at all i 
have it. I have a phone that I use all the time, but there'll be long periods of time where I leave it somewhere in the house and I'm out doing stuff and I don't even think about it twice. Then I come back and I see 50 texts and messages and all this stuff. So that's how we've like accepted it into our lives. And like I said, we want to fit in with everybody. Everybody's got it. We're, we want to be part of that. We want to be able to connect with everyone. Uh, we want to be able to have all that information at our fingertips, like Googling things and figuring out, getting answers to questions that we have. We want to be able to take, to use the GPS to get where we want to go, take photos, use it as a tool. We want our kids to be able to check in with us to be safe because I know that's the first thing that people buy the, for their kids. Here, take this so we know where you're at. We know you're safe. We could track you, that kind of thing. It is. So there's a lot of good things, but in doing so, We've indoctrinated our kids into rely on a smartphone and allowed the devil to get a foothold of their lives. And I fear that it's too late. And I've already felt the effects of the mental health issues that I believe are being magnified by becoming addicted to smartphones. I've seen the isolation, the lack of social interaction, the loneliness, the depression, the anxiety. The larger problem is, I don't see it as something you just take away. I mean, I've taken the phone away, and you'd have thought I ruined my daughter's life. You'd have thought I was the most evil and cruel person on earth. I saw, I saw it as if she was an addict needing a fix, and it was super upsetting. But from the way I look at it, the good that comes from smartphones, such as highly sophisticated communication, information readily available at our fingertips and GPS doesn't seem worth the evil that comes with it. And I find this is just my opinions of what I, when I look back and I, and I, I see things, I find that looking at my childhood, things were better without it. I'd go back to that way of life in a minute. Sure. Getting from point A to point B is going to be harder without GPS. But there was maps. We figured it out once before we could do it again. We had limited information that we had in a, in a second's notice. We had to rely on encyclopedias and libraries and books. And, and um, no, we couldn't get in touch with someone outside of a landline. But, like, again, I said this, this is my opinion. I didn't feel like there was that as much evil infiltrating us 24-7 like it is right now. And I can only hope that Jesus comes and saves us from ourselves sooner rather than later. And I'm comforted knowing that I know he hears my cries. He knows my concern. I know he has plans for all of us. I pray he can guide us through the evils of this world. I know that we have a role to play that is to hold tight to biblical beliefs and teach those to our kids. But it's hard though with the constant bombarding of sin and evil from these phones that are permanently attached to their hands. So that's kind of where I'm landing is I don't I don't have the answers. I'm I'm questioning everything and like I said it doesn't seem like we can snap our fingers and these things go away because they have been indoctrinated into our life, into our culture, into everyday situations. How often are you without your phone on you? Very little. And by not allowing our kids to have it, they're, they 
although it would be better, they are going to feel the isolation because they aren't part of the crew. They aren't the same. It's a whole thing that I just I can't wrap my, my mind around. But like I said, my faith will be in Christ. I hope that he comes sooner, saves us from this, takes us to where we really need to be. That's what I have today. It's it's a weird one. I know. I don't I don't pretend that it isn't weird and I just felt like I needed to talk about it. This is my podcast so I can say whatever I want, right? I can share my feelings. I can kind of work through some stuff vocally for, with you guys. Um so I don't know. That's what it is. We should all pray about that. All right, well, you have a good one, and hopefully this didn't bum me out too bad, but maybe it'll make you think about some things. I don't know. Have a good one. See you next week.